Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and make good your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in your day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall honor me. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Throughout the Gospels, we hear Jesus saying these two words, follow me. And this morning's Gospel in Matthew is further evidence of this. It is the call story of the disciple Matthew. An unlikely candidate for calling, for sure, a tax collector, a person viewed so unfavorably, a person scorned, hated, not trusted in the least. A person who wasn't from the religious ruling class, in fact, more than likely, never stepped foot within the walls of a holy space. But if he did, he probably was only there to collect money certainly not to worship God. But this is the person who Jesus says two words to, follow me. And without question, without a conversation, Matthew gets up and follows him. Sounds very similar to other call stories of disciples in the Gospels. Setting down fishing nets, leaving livelihoods, leaving jobs, leaving families. But for a man whose livelihood was intimately related and connected to money and the collection and accumulation of it, how Matthew was able to set a lucrative career down and follow an itinerant preacher and healer seems no short of a miracle. Somehow, some way, this tax collector Matthew was deeply stir uh, stirred and moved by this man Jesus. But what is interesting to me about this call story in particular is how quickly the roles are reversed once Matthew follows Jesus. And what I mean is this, as quickly as Matthew seems to follow Jesus, Jesus then seems to marrow Matthew by quickly following him. And as Jesus follows Matthew, he follows him straight into a den of sinners. To share a meal, 
commune and to have supper with its disciples, sinners, and tax collectors, all the despised ones. This is who Jesus follows and who he eats with. What a sight this must have been. There are few words that can describe the shock and disgust this must have created from those whose job was to keep things orderly, to keep things the way they have always been. But this is what happens when one has the courage to follow, to go and do unexpected things. What Jesus asks of others, he does. He asks for the unlikely to follow. And once they do, he does the unexpected. He follows. And he is brought to the unlikely and unexpected. And by doing so, he broadens the expanse of God's acceptance and love because he goes to where it is needed most and offers it to those who are desperate and are longing for it. He even says this, those who are well, they don't need a doctor. But it is those who are sick that do. So offer mercy, not sacrifice, mercy. And of course, these words didn't fall well with some. There are those who did not like this. But isn't that the case with most who courageously lead and do so in ways that haven't been before? Scrutiny and scorn come. So I translate that to modern day as a priest inside the walls of a church. And the modern day version of this for churches is just this. Well, we've never done it in that way before, therefore it just must be wrong. Or the one that kills momentum and forward movement is just one simple word, no. But in today's gospel, the gift that is today's gospel is what Jesus does in that he gives us an example of another way. He asks to be followed, but then he also follows. He goes to where the people are, he ventures into the community, and he follows the need of the people. In other words, he pounds the pavement and he goes where his neighbors are. He goes where the need is. 
And would you believe when he does this, ministry comes to him? Does that maybe sound a little familiar to where we are here at Grace? We have ventured outside the walls of this place. We have met our neighbors and our community in a profound way. We have met needs. We've listened to stories. We've laid eyes on those who no one else will. And we've done the Jesus thing of inviting them in to work alongside, to eat and commune, and to walk the road of faith together. And so in our gospel, when Jesus chose to follow Matthew, he finds himself with a gangly group of tax collectors and sinners, those who were certainly considered on the margins. And while with that gangly group, there was another group of people who found their way to Jesus, a desperate leader of the synagogue with a daughter who is dead and a bleeding woman? Well, Jesus, in his Jesus way, follows his own words and he extends mercy. He looked upon their desperation, not with contempt, but with such grace. The needs of these two drew Jesus outside his own comfortable boundaries, and he sees with the eyes of compassion, and he can't help but meet that need by healing. He instantly heals. He brings a daughter back to life. And he brought a woman back to life by stopping the flow of blood which has followed and defined her as unclean for 12 years. Can you imagine? And so it should be with us as well. Jesus asked to follow him, and many this morning have and do as best as we can, knowing that mistakes will come and do come, knowing that perfection is never the prerequisite for following, never. Instead, faithfulness, willingness, availability, and an open heart are instead the qualities which create a spirit where needs can be seen and met. I often tell the good people at Grace and most that I encounter, 
as you move about the space that you inhabit day in and day out, as you go about life, which for many of us is hard, it's complicated and messy, but in that space, wherever you find yourself, be mindful. We are not called to a life of comfort. We are called to a life of faithfulness, where mercy is desired over sacrifice, where we have the courage to go outside our own doors, to meet a world that needs what Jesus has. We are the only way that can happen because we are his hands and feet. We are the ones who get to extend grace, mercy, peace. And as a church, I will continue to say this. The need to meet our world outside those beautiful red front doors is essential. It is vital. And y'all, that too is messy, complicated, and hard. As we all know, the need is endless and can feel so overwhelming. But then, we're the lucky ones. We get to catch a glimpse of God working. Where a homeless man who smoked meth for 18 years, but has been clean for 70 days, shows up to grace day in and day out because it is his refuge. He openly shares his struggles as well as his successes. Small may they be. And he came and spent a week at Grace this past week and scraped the floors of our admin building as a way to give back for all the meals that we have provided for him. His name, by the way, is Matthew. <laughs> it is the sea of humanity that Jesus has called us to. To look into the face and eyes that come with struggle, pain, those who have made great decisions and those who haven't. All the while offering hope and a thin space by which to see the face of God. If all of this sounds maybe foreign, and the thought of actually doing it is beyond scary to you, that's okay. That's really a great place to start. 
as venturing out of what is comfortable is daunting and intimidating. But I will say this, if you are curious in the slightest, if you want to experience what this might be like, you've landed in a place named grace that tries our best to do what Jesus has asked us to do, to love God and to love our neighbor to do so with kindness and joy. To follow those who need following. But most importantly, to love those who no one else will. Amen. May the Lord, mighty Lord, bless and keep you forever, granting peace, perfect peace, courage in every Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon you this day and those whom you love always. Amen. <laughs>